It's the Brian Oak Show. Hey, Sean, quick question for you. Would you rather listen to the last 20 seconds of music we just heard again or be... Oof. Here we go. Gosh, why why aren't there more bass centric bands? Here's so two things. One is partnerships are partnerships. And when I heard you playing that when I walked into the studio, I'm like, sure, man, whatever you want to start the show with. And then I forgot just how unlistenable Primus is. Well, get this. I had a friend Oak Kelsey was his name. His first name was Oak. His first name was Oak. Spelled how? O A K. Okay. But not only that's like love... River Phoenix. Like, were, her, were, were that was that yeah. person's parents hippies? Oh, totally. Okay, totally. Good. All right. Not only did he love Primus, so I had to listen to it all the time. Mm-hmm. He also played the accordion a lot. Whoa! And why were you friends again? Well, he just, I, I used to make him come on. I did a morning show and I made him come on the show, and whatever the latest pop hit was, I made him play it via the accordion, which I thought was kind of fun. What's the, uh, what's the famous Tom Waits quote? A gentleman is someone who can play the accordion but doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great line. (laughs) Our guest tonight is Billy Morissette, and we are going to dive deep with Billy Morissette very shortly. But in the meantime, once a month, Billy joins us. He is not only a guitar player from legendary Minnesota punk band Dillinger 4, he is also the best bartender in Minnesota. And I say that with some confidence because i've met a lot of the bar i i'm not afraid of bars i have been to more than a few bars and um when you find the right bartender you tend to circle back around them and billy has agreed to be on the show once a month and bring us a signature cocktail we'll get there in the moment here's the one thing i do like and genuinely appreciate about, about primus like so i don't enjoy listening to their music I can't disrespect the level of technical acumen, but it's also kind of, there are a lot of bands like I, I'm a believer in the, the, the notion of just because you can play every note doesn't mean you should play every note. And but also I like that he's a weirdo. I love that he's teamed up with John Lennon's son, Sean Lennon. And the name, what was the name of their band? Uh, oh, the so the name of the band, but their first record was Monolith on Phobos. And if you don't know, Phobos is one of Mars's moons. And if you if you look up Monolith on Phobos, there is a gigantic, almost obelisk shaped monolith on Phobos. And everyone's like, "No, man, that's not that's not natural. It doesn't look like what is anything." Ar- Great question. I know. It, well, you should watch more Ancient Aliens. I feel, I feel, ancient, ancient alien theorists say yes. Um, so I do like the fact that he's weird <laughs> and that he does not do, that he was able to break through to the, at least the alternative mainstream by being such a weirdo. But the only thing I genuinely respect about Primus is that he uses his voice like another instrument. The words are okay, but he, the way he punctuates it, it's just, it's so much, I feel like unless you have a degree in music theory, Primus is just irritating. Or, well, he doesn't I, I, have to open his mouth, so it makes it a lot easier. But then, like a bass solo, like and again, I'd I'd literally rather hear a hammered dulcimer solo than a bass solo. I like bass, but Before, I, no bass is crucial. It's you important. just don't like it to lead. Well, Bootsy Collins, you want to get Bootsy Collins out front and make my ass move? Great. I you want to get out that. there? No, you, but you want to get out there and like try to power a starship with your silly fucking invented bass lines? No, I'm not. Uh, in any event, 
It's the Brian Oak Show. I'm Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. Our guest tonight is the legendary and regular guest, Billy Morissette. And, you know, I wanted to talk about so many things in the open, but I don't really feel like it tonight because this is the night where Billy brings us a signature drink. It's been a long week for me, and I would like to, I don't know, it's my show, Get Loaded. Is that cool? My wife, my wife, the text I just got was, and we were recording this show at 7 o'clock on Thursday. We won't release it today. Uh-huh. But the quote was, be quiet as a church mouse when you come in because Billy's going to be on the show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> She said, I have to be up early tomorrow. Yeah, well, my wife has to be up early, too. But guess what? We have a look at the size of that futon back there. I'll oh, yeah. bet even though Billy is a mountain of a man, I'll bet all three of us could fit on that if we needed to. I'm not being middle spoon, though. I'm telling you right now, I'm not being middle spoon. <laughs> I'm fixing to make a drink that's bigger than that futon on this show Oh, tonight. my Woo! goodness. Well, we'll get to that shortly. So I wanted to talk about a bunch of things. I wanted to talk about how the world is burning in flames. I wanted to talk about how lovely the weather is. I wanted to talk about how... The woman I voted for in the primary, Elizabeth Warren, dropped out of the race. But I don't want to get into the conspiracy theories. I just, I was hoping that maybe we'd have a chance in the next four years, because I'm not sure I'm making another four years, to get out of the era of the old white man. But apparently, not just yet. I voted for Elizabeth in the primary, and she only got 15% of the vote. And gauging by my social media, which is always a dangerous metric, like, don't ever (laughs) fall for that shit. I was like, oh, my God, maybe she's got a shot. And she dropped out today. So Biden, Sanders, I, we're not going to talk politics tonight. We spent a billion dollars in, in the Democratic Party to figure out that Bernie and fucking Joe would be the top two candidates. You tell me that any child wouldn't have guessed that these two would have been the finalists. I a knew that billion was dollars. I, I I can't let Fuck. go of my idealism, man. I can't let go of my uh, maybe one day. Like it's honestly my whole notion. Like one morning when I woke up, I'm like, if, if the future is not more female, then we're genuinely fucked. It doesn't mean we have to capitulate and hand everything over, but if it's not more female, if we can't figure out a way to do this and and, and make everyone believe it everywhere, we're fucked. And that, I'm not saying that, you know. You know, we're more fucked if we give the fucking tangerine turnip yes. another four years. Yes. But I just I I just want people to breathe and think about the possibilities. You do what you want. People voted the way they wanted to. I just keep hoping for a better tomorrow. And that's part of why this song, before we really dive deep with Billy Morissette, is a song I wanted to start out with because I know Billy knows this band. I know that his band, Dillinger 4, is very adjacent to this band. I would. I rarely ask people to do anything. You know, just rock out, enjoy the music, listen to the lyrics of this fucking song. Although it's about the music industry, it's also about our lives. Yeah. 
devotion, not ambition, not for fame. Zero people are exploited. There are no tricks up our Sadly mistaken Time has come for evolution Fuck collusion Kill the fight Whatever happened to the handshake Whatever happened to deal No one would break What happened to integrity It's still there It always was for playing music Just because A million reasons why Son of a bitch. No effects. Dinosaurs will die. I mean, like, if you maybe miss some of it there, go find it again. Stream it on Spotify. Download it and buy it. Because certain bands deserve your pitiful few pennies to do what they do. And few bands are true believers like no effects fat mike is not only the sort of main brain behind no effects but what's his main label fat wreck who puts out our records uh for the last two um we're going to continue working with them fat wreck is also a you know some punk purist whatever say what you will about no effects you like them or you don't but fat wreck is a 100 percent diy label no effects is a diy band they write their own music, they put out their own records, they distribute themselves. In my opinion, they are the finest independent record label in the fucking world, and D4 is always very happy to be a part of the Fat Family, and like that song says, I mean, handshake deals, like, if you want to go, go. Like, very few bands have left, and most bands that have left have come back, because Fat takes care of you. I mean, like, the word family is thrown, thrown around a lot, but, like, when you're talking about integrity in the music business which can be fucking rare when there's dollars involved you know like fat wreck um in in my opinion there's there's no finer independent label and and then d4 is always very happy to be a part of that fat wreck family and, and so fat wreck is the full name is fat wreck chords you know wreck C-H-O-R-D, chord, yeah. but like fat records but it's fat mike who's really sort of the main brain there and to have someone, I mean, there are a lot of good independent record labels. I, I, I think like Merge always came from the right spot, but a very different vibe for sure. But when you start to have any measure of success, it seems like it's almost impossible for people to not succumb to that or sell out to certain aspects of it or to get a little mercenary. And 
because I respect you and know that how, how much Dillinger 4, by the way, that is Billy Morris, that guitar player for Dillinger 4. I know your relationship there. I've loved that song ever since the first time I heard it. And I like a lot of no effects, you know? I yeah. mean, whether you want to call it skate punk or... And what what's the Me First and the Gimme Gimmies? They're cover band, yeah. Like, that's genius. They cover so many amazing songs. It's a yeah, bunch it's like, of guys from different cool yeah, skate punk Chris, and pop punk Chris bands. Chris from Foo Fighters, guys from Lagwagon, guys all over the place. But before we get too far into Fat Mike and no effects, also, like... People should understand, like, um, uh, Fat Mike's ex-wife, Erin, she, she is officially the president. She's the heads and bodies. Like, oh, she, she is. She's I didn't down know that. There, she's down there every day running the operation. Like, Fat Mike is, of course, very involved with signing and producing and everything, but, like, Erin is the one who's down there, like, running the fucking label every day. Like, Noted. Yeah, yeah. So, like, female-fronted, uh indie amazing record label well yeah. I th- and i think that like in the 90s when so many bands like were getting scooped up like alternative happened and so many bands were getting scooped up by majors um and then we're like oh this sucks this is actually the fucking worst they're not putting any money behind us they don't actually care they're just throwing as much shit against the wall as they can to see what sticks yeah. and so nine out of ten or maybe 19 out of 20 bands got the shaft they all went back to these mid-level or even slightly lower level labels so, and a lot of that happened in the 90s, you know, I think of Merge, I think of Matador, I think of Sub Pop, you know, and even lower level labels than that. Um, but then, you know, you've got uh, a band like, a label like this that still to this day stands for something and yeah. means something, which means everything has not completely gone entirely to shit yet. There is still great stuff out there. You just have to find it. Um there's so much incredible music flying under the radar, and I don't know how music adjacent we want to get right away, but this is actually going to lead me into the rant of my first pick tonight, because I'm so excited to play this song for everybody. Um, me and Patty Costello, my bass player in D4, um, we have a monthly DJ gig, and he hit me to this single um, the other day. This band has come out of nowhere. As far as I know, they're not ex-members of anything. They're from, uh, I believe, Melbourne, Australia. They just put out a two-song double A-side 7-inch limited to 200 copies on vinyl. Uh, Patty played it for me, and it blew my freaking mind. I went down to Extreme Noise. Uh, Extreme Noise here in Minneapolis, the greatest, like, all-volunteer-run, collectively-owned independent record store going for over 25 years, um, has copies right now, 200 copies worldwide, and this song is just the jam. Like, garagey, rockin', female-fronted, like, this is everything that's great about new, cool, under-the-radar rock and roll. Like, check this shit out. Tell me who they are and what the name of the song uh, is. So the band is called Romero. They're from Melbourne, Australia. The song is called Honey, and this is just, like, blown my mind. Like, out of nowhere.
You know, I've been around music my whole life. I've been a music, a deep, deep music head, and not once ever during that time, even when I was a haughty teenager in my young 20s, did I ever want to be the know-it-all. I adopted the phrase very early on, always learning because to me finding out about new bands learning about things you know especially pre-internet i like billy and i were talking about this earlier like there were fanzines but unless you hung out in record stores unless you had friends who knew a guy or knew a thing or knew a woman or knew a thing you just it it was so much harder to know and now the internet makes it easier but that doesn't mean you're automatically be clued into everything that was fucking Awesome. Amazing, right? And again, like I said, like Patty just hipped it to me uh, when we DJed last week. But extreme Flesh noise. out who Patty is. Uh, Patty Costello, the bass player for Dillinger 4, bartender oh. at Grumpy's Northeast, my dear, dear friend. Are you uh, in Dillinger 4, Billy? Uh, hey, I play guitar in a band called Dillinger 4. How you, do? you doing? Yeah. And I, I just I like to reinforce that because I like hanging out with you without any of that stuff. But I feel like context for some people is important. Right. And. But this is but what's so too. special about music. When, when you keep your ear to the ground and you like find these gems, like I, I literally know nothing else about this band except for I know this is their first record. It's a two song, seven inch, limited to 200 vinyl copies. Crazy. Extreme Noise somehow like got copies because they're great at what they do. So when, like, we, when we were listening to it, I went online and I've got a handful of pretty decent resources where I can go. They don't have, they have a Bandcamp page. Yeah. They don't really have, other than a Facebook page, anything else. That record that you just played came out on 7-inch, the limited 200 thing. And I don't know how they got it to America, but they did. But they're not even celebrating the launch of it until what april 11th they're not celebrating until next month i mean so that that's so brand new that you can smell still smell the hot wax totally and uh, i was just so excited to bring it in and share with everyone because me and patty are just like absolutely obsessed with it and and the other side is great too you know double a side it, uh, two songs from the span and they're like batting a thousand you know fabulous well they're a five piece out of melbourne australia and they're called romero what was the name of that song again honey Honey, and um, although the lead singer can rock a houndstooth two-piece, the rest of the guys in the band, I'm going to recommend a haircut. Also, lose, <laughs> lose the Rangers jersey. It is the Brian Oaks Show, and real quickly, I want to knock out a sponsor here because without the support of Smart Start MN, we couldn't do what we do. And what did Smart Start MN do? They were the originators of the ignition interlock system here in the state. Now, there have been some pretenders. Some people have moved along. Like, imagine if Romero had come along and then, like, three other bands were like, we can do that better. And it was not anywhere near as good. And you knew that the first one was the true one and the real one. Smart Start MN is the Romero of ignition interlock systems here in Minnesota. Would you say that's fair, Sean? Absolutely. The cool thing about uh, Smart Start MN is they're the lawyers that went in and fought for this in the legislature. I mean, they went and did the work to get ignition interlock in vehicles so that people that had DUIs could drive right away and get to their jobs. Because if you get a DUI and you lose your job, it's a pretty bad day. Uh, it's not just a bad day. The climb back is yes. not just it, anybody who goes through that. It, the climb back is hard. You get a DUI on top of it. The climb back is impossible because you can't drive anywhere. You can't do anything. So what they did, and the fact that they fought for this is kind of amazing because they don't want to talk specifics about price. They don't want to talk specifics about timeline. But when I heard what the details are, how soon you can be back in your vehicle, how inexpensive, relatively speaking, if you've had a DUI, if you know someone who's had one, how relatively inexpensive it is for what they do, it's actually sort of startling. Like, I remain amazed, and I'm, I begged them the last two times I've seen them to let me talk about the price, but they just don't want to talk price point. So what I would recommend is we go to their website and follow our link. 
Absolutely. Just go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak show. They'll give you 20% off the installation. Oh, well, and again, it, getting back on your feet after one of those, and maybe you're like, I'll never get a DUI. Good. I hope you never do. I hope no one that's listening ever does. But here's the thing. Someone always does. And if it's not you, it's a friend. It's a relative. It's a friend of a friend. Please recommend them to Smart Start MN because it's all, it's, it's going to be a tough road back no matter what, but it's a, it's a much less tough road well, back. And I think there's some people who are like, oh, I don't want it to blow into the thing to be able to drive. Because I'm embarrassed. Well, you know what? You know what's embarrassing is not being able to go to work and not being able to take your kid to their soccer soccer practice or jujitsu or whatever the hell they do. Yeah, what would it be like if your kid has been practicing? <laughs> Bill, throwing... he's like, yeah, yeah your kids are sure. Why not? <laughs> your kid, your kid's about to get a, a black belt and throwing stars, and you can't take him to the tournament. <laughs> exactly. Right? So, and dad's a no show because it won't blow into the freaking thing. Well, and see, but it's not embarrassing. You just lean over, you blow into it, you're done, you're good. Your neighbors don't have to see it. It's not like it's a big thing, like an like a bouncy castle in your front yard. It's just sitting in your car. Anyway, check them out. <laughs> Click on the link. Get the information. Maybe you don't need it today, but maybe someday you will. And maybe one of your friends, friend of a friend, relative, whoever needs it, please let them know about it because they have been early supporters of the Brian Oak Show. In fact, before the Brian Oak Show even had episode one. By the way, this is episode 35. Can you get your head around that? 36. 36? This is 36, yeah. <sighs> numerologically that boils down to a nine which is a power number which is why we have billy morris set on nine exactly nine Hail Satan. Um, Satan. yeah exactly well speaking of uh you know billy comes on once a month a because he's always entertaining and b because he always brings us a signature cocktail so here's what i'd like to do before we talk about anything else that's relevant or salient um let's Talk about the next song you're going to play, and while we play that song, let's make the drink, and we'll talk about it when we come back. That sounds great. Um, the next song uh, that I'm going to play is another band that I'm really, really excited about. Actually, uh, D4 is uh, going out to San Diego for a gig uh, this weekend, and we're going to play uh, with the band I'm about to play. It's a band called Toy Guitar. They're from uh, San Francisco, and uh, one of the main um, writers, singer, guitar player in this band, uh, this guy Jack, He's been in a ton of great bands. Uh, back in the day, he used to be in this band uh, called One Man Army. They were on Adeline Records, which is like Billy from Green Day's label. Right. Um, he's been playing guitar, rhythm guitar in the Swing and Utters, who are a longtime fantastic band. Um, he's in uh, one of the founding members and occasional member of, like, in my opinion, one of the greatest like current like uh, punk bands called Dead to Me. But this band, uh, Toy Guitar, their label mates are on Fat Wreck. Um, they have this 12-inch and a 10-inch EP. And uh, we're playing with them this weekend in San Diego. We've never played with them before. And this is just such a baller cut. Like, uh, uh, just grudgy and rocking and everything that's awesome about, like, high-energy rock and roll. I'm super excited to hear it. Would you recommend that people should listen to this at maximum volume? I think turn it up to 11.
shit, yeah. Now, here's the deal. I know that, I, you know, I like to exclaim about certain things. I've never once doubted Billy Morissette's ability to curate a proper playlist or his taste in music. We may differ on our affection for British comedy, but um, that was fucking badass. It's so great. Well, and here's what's weird. It's like there are going to be people who hear that like, I don't know, I feel like I heard that band in 1977. Well, fuck you. There's a band in 2020 that does it literally just as well, and you can't make a difference. And if you go look up the video, which I just did, Toy Guitar, lowercase t to kick it off, Human Hyenas, the song we just heard. There's a video for that song? They started out and they make it look like a uh, like a like a video you'd see in health class in the eighties. Nice. It, it's got this eighties, and then the 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 the, the, uh, the aesthetic for the whole thing is sort of that overlap thing they did in the eighties, <laughs> yeah. like on like public cable access. It's, it's so female drummer and um wow, and so you're playing with them in San Diego this weekend. And this by weekend, you, yeah. I mean Dillinger Four. So yeah. where are you playing at? What's the, uh, what's we are playing at a uh, small uh, club called the Soda Bar. It's actually an old school friend of uh, Eric and Patty's. Uh, Eric and Patty are two of my other band members in the band, um, old friend of theirs. It's his 60th birthday, and he's just throwing a shindig, and we are just going out uh, to rock it. Soda Bar is a, a little, like, entry-sized club in San Diego. We're coming out. It's us, our, our our dear friends, Tilt Wheel, who are from San Diego, another phenomenal band, Toy Guitar, and uh, I'm sorry, but there's an opener band that I can't recall. I'm not familiar with. I'll tell you what. There's an internet, and if people look it up, yeah. I'll bet they'll be able to find it. Totally. So, hey, all our San Diego listeners. <laughs> That's right. All right. Look it up. And what's the name of the bar again? Soda Bar. Soda Bar. You look up their website. I promise you they'll be able to fill that in. Before we get to our Oh, signature- Brian, it's already sold out. You can't go. <laughs> I'm with the band. Um, and I'm willing to do things to get backstage. All right. Billy Morissette of Dillinger 4 is our guest on the Brian Oak Show. Before we get to the description of our signature cocktail, I know that the band formed before you got there, but only just. And you came in later, not much later, but you have been a staple in Dillinger 4. What was the year you joined? So D4 actually started, uh, they recorded the first four-song, seven-inch EP in 1994. Uh, we just had our 25th anniversary. The 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 four song EP was actually recorded as a three piece with Eric, Lane, and Patty. Mm-hmm. Um, the name of the band was Dillinger Fort, but that record was tracked as a three piece. Um, Even so, like Ben Folds Five, where they said Ben right. Folds Five, but there's only three of them. Right. Except your band is way more hardcore than <laughs> Ben Folds Five. Right. So then, uh, so D4 started playing around town, and I became friends with uh, Patty Costello. We started hanging out, and my previous band, I was uh, a local band called Scooby Don't. And uh, fantastic. And Scooby Don't um, had been on tour a bunch and we put out records. But um, two of the guys were getting ready to move out of state. Scooby Don't was going to break up. And so Scooby Don't and D4 went on tour. And uh, in the interim, um, after the release of that record, uh, D4 had had another guy, Sloan, who um, went on that tour to play live second guitar. But um, over the course of that tour, you know, it it became apparent that, that, you know, I was not going to have a band at the end of it. And maybe I was going to be a better fit, like just with the guys. And so we decided, like, at the end of that tour that I was going to join the band. So I'm the new guy in D4 since 95. Well, I was so, going to say, here we are 25 yeah, years yeah. later. You're still the new guy in the band. My, it's like my, a Ronnie Wood thing. I think one of these days they're probably going to make me an official member. Yeah, well, it's like my good friend, the common man on K-Fan. It's like Brandon has been his producer for 14 years, still refers to him as the interim producer. Right. Here was my real question before we get to our signature cocktail. Dillinger 4, are you named after John Dillinger? Absolutely. Okay. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Not only does it have the the Midwestern connection, 
connection here in the Twin Cities. Patty and Eric are both from uh, Evanston, Illinois. Right. And as you may or may not know, John Diller, Dillinger was actually um, murdered by the feds uh, in the alley of the Biograph Theater. For in, people who don't know, American Gangster, one of the most successful and prolific American gangsters. Right. Well, let, I mean, let's call him bank robber. You know, um, Dillinger, yeah. Dillinger, you know, he, he never actually killed anyone. Dillinger was a bank robber, and he was actually the first, like, uh, public enemy number one. He embarrassed the feds kind of time and time again. He, um, at one time, was actually incarcerated and caught, and he managed to carve a gun out of a bar of soap and uh, convince his way out of uh, a jail using that. Now, he, so here's the deal. Like that's like one of those weird urban legends. You're like, no one's ever done that. It's absolutely. There, there's true. a reason that John Dillinger is Don John Dillinger. I, John Prine has the song "Christmas in Prison." He's like, it was Christmas in prison. The food was real good. We had turkeys and pistols carved out of wood. Like uh, th- John Dillinger, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, soap, but yeah, same premise. Also, Dillinger was a little bit of a uh, folk hero. He was a little bit of a Robin Hood, but Dillinger would rob banks. He would actually take and destroy the uh, farm uh, loan notes. Um. So the banks would have no record nice. of what the, the what the local farmers owed. So, so he they, wouldn't give them the money, but he was he was relieving them of their debt because they were going to lose their farm. Absolutely, because banks were predatory. Absolutely, as hell. and and he huh. embarrassed he embarrassed the feds again and again. There was one particular incident in a in a resort town in Wisconsin called New Bohemia, where uh, the feds got a tip that uh, Dillinger and his crew were hanging out, and they tried to the feds tried to make a raid. And they came in a guns and blazing, and not only did they not get Dillinger or his gang, they actually managed to successfully murder some uh, innocent campers. And, uh, you know, the feds just got a hard-on for, for John. And, um, you know, when he was hiding out in Chicago, um, they got a hot tip that he was going to be hanging out with this lady, the infamous lady in red. She was a, uh immigrant, I forget where from, but the feds basically cornered her and made her a deal. It was like, look, we're going to... We're going to send you back home. You can't stay here unless you work with us. You know, um, you have to tell us what's going on with John. She's like, all right, well, me and Dillinger are going to be at the Biograph Theater in Chicago. We're going to see this showing this time, this date. And uh, after the show, the feds swarmed the building. Dillinger ran away. He was gunned down in an alley. And there's tons of photos you can see. It's actually the cover of our second seven-inch called uh, The Kids Are All Dead, um, mm-hmm. where there, where there's people just like um, citizens. Um, I mean, they swarmed. Uh, they would take cloths they would rip off pieces of their clothing to soak up his blood he was regarded as a as a, as a folk hero he total was, folk hero um and 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 of course the feds uh deported the lady in red anyway after she cooperated oh. so you know sounds about right like yeah, so, like the stories in the modern day of uh well you've served in the military honorably for 20 years but we're still going to deport you to a country you've never spent any time in here's the deal one of my favorite sayings of all time and i mean it Somewhat sarcastically, somewhat seriously, kids, stay in school, don't do drugs. I mean, maybe your life will be slightly less dangerous and fatal than John Dillinger. You know, but there, there is a value to staying in school and not doing drugs. But if you feel that tingle... <laughs> yeah, and again, John Dillinger clearly felt more than a tingle. I mean, he was obviously an outright criminal, even if he was doing the right thing, because he was stealing money for himself. He was he was, he was a bank robber. He was flaunting federal law, but you know, not every bank robber decided to also burn the banknotes right. for the farmers. And th- there's something about that that you can't help if you're one of the downtrodden, the oppressed, the working class. There's something about that you can't help but respect. Of course, and without going 
taking up too much time and going to the history of like gangsters and Billy, St. Billy, Paul. We have all the time in the world. There is no, there's no stopwatch going. If Fantastic. you want to tell a story, you tell a story. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I, I think probably many of the listeners here locally in the Twin Cities are familiar with St. Paul's history with um, gangsters uh, in the Prohibition era. And um, to just not put too fine a point on it, you know, um, the Twin Cities, St. Paul in particular, were it was a safe spot. It was known you could come to St. Spot to St. Paul. The cops would not pursue or extradite you, but it was known you don't fuck around in St. Paul. Right? You know, um, if you and, just showed and, up at, like for a safe haven, didn't cool do any, didn't do any like garbage, just like laid low. Yeah, everyone was cool. And there's a really great book on the subject, actually called John Dillinger Slept Here. It's got a photo of the apartment complex on Lexington Avenue that still stands, as far as I know, to this day. Um, really intriguing if you're into local history and especially. Like um, the 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 history of St. Paul and all the tunnels and Prohibition and all the wacky shit that There's came with Prohibition. Tour. There's yeah. a whole tour. Yeah, the Wabasha yeah. Caves, everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, like, I've gone through the caves and I went on yeah. the tour, but they were trying to paint it as more of a haunted tour as opposed yeah. to a, a yeah, history tour. Halloween. And I'll be honest, it freaked my shit out. It oh, had really? nothing to do with John Dillinger. You get deep enough into subterranean areas now, and I'm not super claustrophobic, yeah. but you get deep enough and it gets dark enough, you start to hear things. Something going on, man. Do you fear the vampire? Get out. <laughs> no, I see, but here's, here's, here's the thing about this podcast is, you know, I've been asked a lot recently, like, you know, because now we're, what, 36 episodes sure. in? Like, what is this about? I'm like, it's it, it. obviously it's about music. Music is sort of the core of everything that happens here, but it's about stories. It's about the people that populate this community. It's also about having a cocktail with one of the best bartenders, if not my oh, favorite bartender in well, town. So I don't want to get away from John Dillinger and we can come back there. What was the name of the book one more time? John Dillinger Slept Here. Okay, very uh, good. What is the name of the thing I'm holding in my hand right now? So uh, this Wait goes a minute. Ba- Remember, this is podcast, so they don't... Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> so What is um, the name of the thing I'm holding in my hand right now? Oh, my wow, come good on. God. Sorry. Sorry. No, come no. on. That, that's on, you that's, know that your thing is in my hand. That's, that's actually, true. That's, that's true. actually on my webcam, and that's a separate <laughs> Patreon account. On That's called The Stranger. Um, uh, oh. exactly. No, you have to sit on your left hand for about 20 minutes until it goes. Wildly no. off the rails already. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway. And we, we haven't really even had the drink yet. So, no, I know. Let's uh, get into it. Billy Morissette uh, of Dillinger 4, but also bartender to the stars, comes by once a month to bring us a signature cocktail. And I've had enough of his cocktails. And by enough, I mean, whoo, Lord. <laughs> uh, I've had enough of them to know that he knows what he's doing. So I'm looking at this. I know that it is whiskey based but i don't know what else is going on. and you don't have to give away all your secrets but oh, you, I will. you brought you brought like special components like you were like an apothecary oh i i always have a reason behind the madness and the reason behind this drink this month it being uh march third month of the year right i actually at one time you and i were having a uh a drink at a bar i work at in st paul i'm not sure that's true <laughs> um it may or may not have happened but um we were talking about playing cards and having drinks, and you were talking about uh, hanging out with friends, and you said you played a game called Three Card Murple, which is obviously not a thing. You said Three Card Murple, and it cracked me up so much that like a year ago or whatever, I actually put a note in it and saved it for this, because this being the third month, Three Card Murple, you know, Murple rides with purple, I wanted to make a three-ingredient drink. That was the three card Merple. You know, it's, <laughs> it's funny because like so I, I hate playing 
Texas Hold'em. It gets boring to me after one oh, round. That's my jam. I, I like it's fine, but after one round, I'm like, I don't want to. I, I like playing dealer calls, and so you know, sometimes it's five cards. Twos are wild. Yeah. Other times, five card draw, seven card stud. Let's play baseball. Threes and nines are wild. Each wild card costs oh, yeah, you a dime. Nutty. Sevens kill your hand. Whatever the case may be, yeah. I like it when you can call things. But then one time, somebody at a table, and I can't take credit for three card Merple. Three at, card at, at, Merple. At, at one point, somebody called a game with so many wild cards and so many extenuating conditions. Oh, uh, that, I know the story that, you're going to say that my friend was like. Let's play three card Merple, and it, it was, it, and it stuck, and I remembered it forever. Oh, I thought you were going to tell the story about you told me one time how you got a bad beat with a bunch of wild. Some motherfucker tried to say he had five of a kind, and it trumped because you had like a, a royal flush or something. I'll tell you what, here, five here, of a kind is not a fucking hand. I don't care if there's wilds or not; it's not a real poker hand. It's no such thing. There is no such thing as five <laughs> of a kind. I don't care how many wilds you got; it's not a real hand. It. Doesn't beat a royal flush. Sean, you should know that Billy just proposed marriage to me because that has been, I have planted my flag on that hill yes. ever since that bad beat. Here's what people don't understand about wild cards. Wild cards allow you to manipulate what your cards are within the realm of poker. And that's kind of where three card Merple comes from is, so if you have a straight, you almost have a straight flush, but you have a wild card that allows you to fill it. You can call the number and the suit. A, a That's fine. A straight flush actually exists in poker. In poker, in regular poker, in the actual rules of poker, there's no such thing as five of a kind. No so such thing. I'm like, well, why don't we play seven card unicorn? Or why don't <laughs> why don't we play eight card herpledy derpledy? Like th- then we're then we're in the realm of fantasy games. So here's the deal. And the reason I got so mad about it, and the reason I will take it to be my mad, grave, you got and, fucked. And the reason I did get fucked. Then the whoever reason, fucking scooped that pot owes you money. Let's go find him. Here's the deal. <laughs> I don't ever want to talk to her again. She had an imaginary five fours, and she can go to hell. Um, getting a natural, like no wild cards, getting a natural straight flush dealt to you, even if you are a daily poker player over the course of an entire human existence, does not fucking happen and again it wasn't even high stakes it wasn't i've had it happen to me pot. once a natural not a royal okay. not a royal but a straight flush oh i've had i've had a couple straight flushes yeah. this was a royal and it was it was a natural royal it was right there 10 jack queen king ace spades by the way you win the best the high there, suit there, there's literally not a better poker hand no matter what fantasy world you live in fuck you yeah and so then like why well, five fours and so here's the deal. This, ha- this, this happened. Thing. This happened more than 20 years ago. So I'm I, I'm actually playing poker. I'm glad you got over it. I'm, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh no! Oh, my my dad. My dad's like, well, yeah. If you got a wild card, five of a kind. I'm like, bullshit. No, no, no. And, and my dad, I worship my dad, but fuck you. Also, um, <laughs> but my friends, I'm playing poker tomorrow night with my friends. There can't be a single poker night that goes by that they don't bring this up. Because, but I, I'm so glad you share my rage. Before we talk anything else, before you tell me about the secret ingredients in your drink, we've been going on too long without a song. Tell me yep. about your next song. Uh, so my next song um, is uh, another D4 gig uh, coming up um, uh, the week of the 12th. We're going down to Chicago to play a show with um, 
one of our very, very dear um, uh, friends bands, uh, this band called Avail. They're from Richmond, Virginia. They've been around. Um, Did you say Avail? Avail. I yes. know Avail. Yeah, they're they're great. They're from Richmond. They haven't been active for the past uh, several years. Tim Barry, the singer, has gone on to have uh, a really great like solo career doing kind of a solo singer-songwriter uh, style music. But Avail has been uh, kind of coming out of the woodwork the last uh, year or so. Um, celebrating the anniversary of some of their greatest records. Um, and we are fortunate enough to uh, play with them again uh, coming up mid-month this month in uh, Chicago. We toured with those guys back in the day. Um, it's funny. It was the uh, the 160 a day tour. They, it was, they thought it was so funny that we needed uh, so many cases of beer that it was 160 a day. They thought it was ludicrous. But I tell you, every goddamn show, we were in their room stealing their beer. <laughs> <laughs> I was about so to, good. I was about to say, here's what I love about Billy Morissette, and then I realized we don't have that kind of time left. I, we just, we just don't. But like, I when you sent me your list of songs you wanted to yeah. play, I'm like, I don't know any of those. I mean, I know the band Avail, but I couldn't name a song with a gun to my head. They're but, they're just so fantastic. Like, um, I, uh, an Avail show is just sweaty and crazy, and the crowd moves as an ocean. But like, it brings out the most positive in any sort of like punk hardcore like movement that's around like it's it's uh it, it's building community and it's all as one and uh, and avail brings out all the good things that like a subgenre or a movement should which is like making us all come together as one and avail has always excelled at that and they're just such a great band and such good dudes and i'm so wildly excited to play with them again i'm glad after all these years they're playing some shows 
uh, again. So you're going to San Diego this weekend, yeah. and wh- where are you going to play with the Veil? Uh, we're going to be in Chicago for uh, um, Goose Island 312 Day at uh, the Concord Theater on the 12th. Yeah. Okay, and then you, um, if people want to know more about dates, specifics, times, anything, Dillinger4.com? Oh, no, we don't have a website. Come on, really? <laughs> Seriously, we don't. I think our official website is that's still... Little, that's a little too DIY. No, right? I, I think our official website is still something that someone made in 1995. It's an angelfire.com website. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Angelfire. Um, we, we do have an Instagram. We <laughs> have an Instagram. You can reach yes. us at, at Dillinger4 at AOL.com. Nice. Um, this is not a joke. Like, no, I understand. <laughs> that and, and, and that's totally cool. You know, when you start, when you talk about building community and like the people who still are in love, I remember when I was a completely dorky, out of my element teenage kid going down to First Avenue for the first few times, mm-hmm. and I found myself in the pit, and I learned a lesson. Like there were people bouncing around. I'm like, well, I could probably try that, even though I was a skinny dorky, not in any shape at all to be taking elbows or anything like that. But I remember when people went down in the pit the very 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 first priority get that person back up on their feet now i may i may helicopter into them later but you get that person up off their feet and there was always one or two jugheads jackasses in there but the vast 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 majority of people and even in the 90s when i took my daughter to go see warp tour when it devolved actually the 2000s when it devolved into sort of an emo nightmare and the circle pit was crazy the first priority if someone went down is yeah we're fucking each other up but you get that person off the ground right now and isn't that like one of the most amazing feelings like you've ever had like i I remember that first time, like that first time you go to your first like punk show or indie show and it's sure it's scary. You're, you're a little nerdy kid, whatever. Maybe you don't know anyone else. Maybe you came with one friend and maybe it's two or three shows before you dare get in the pit. But the first time you go in there and the first time you wipe out and some stranger like picks you up like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. If that doesn't like bond you, it's like, yes, this this is a thing and we are in this together. And holy fuck, like it. That is the power of like punk rock and music and fucking art and it and community, dude. And that's what makes people like fucking follow this shit like for their entire lives. You know, I'm pushing fucking fifty years old. I've been I've been taking the goddamn 16A to see shows in the entry since <laughs> 1988. You but, know, but like the pe- I mean, but the people who've never been down there on the main floor in the pit, it, it might seem like. Well, I, mean, I remember the satanic panic of the 80s and the fear <laughs> of punk rock and like the Peters like, brothers, but <laughs> but like people who didn't take part in it it might seem like this is violent extremism they want to take down the system everything's ruined it's going to hell but uh, you get down in there and i i mean i was i was a skinny kid and maybe not fleet of foot i got knocked over a lot sure Every single time someone had me by the scruff of my trench coat or a couple guys under my arms and I was back up on my feet. And if I felt like I could keep going, sometimes you're enthusiastic. Other times it's time to retreat to the the edge of the circle. Right. But Brian, isn't that like anything else in life that people, I mean, it's a cliche, but it's true. Like people fear what they don't understand. Something from the outside that people have never taken a part of, they feel compelled to comment on. And you don't know what it's like unless you take part of it. And like, why do you feel the need to like, debase something that you 
literally don't know anything about. Like, shut your fucking mouth until you know what you're talking about, man. Agreed. And so I guess I could not agree more, literally. And so I guess the thing that always frustrates me is I wish that the flip side were true. Life is hard for so many people, right? And it doesn't matter if we're talking financially, economically, socially, I guess financial and economically are the same thing. Uh, in, 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 in any regard that life may challenge you, it would be nice to, when you fall on your face, and I've been lucky enough to feel this, to have those hands come up underneath your arm and get you back under up off the floor before you get trampled on. And I think that there are a lot of people out there that do that for other people, but there are a lot of people who don't get picked up off the floor of the pit. And it it's shitty for them. And of it, course. And so that's the part that frustrates me is... Um, you know, if people don't understand what they don't know, but let's like, I mean, I, I also, but like once, once I learned that lesson, I did the same thing. Like as soon as someone went down in the pit, you know, like, and you watched out for women more than anybody because it was, that was not a fun place for women, I'm sure to be, but they wanted to rock. They wanted to have a good time. Of you get them off the floor first, but anybody who went, even a big dude, like a guy like you, no. who's larger than me, like, and I'm not talking about fat, I'm talking about tall and well, bigger build. You get that person back up and let's get right back into this and let's do this together. That's the whole bit. Absolutely. I mean, you. Go, you want to talk about like females in the pit and everything. Let's go back to one of my very favorite like bands ever and one of the most positive and most forward thinking bands ever. The band Seven Seconds out of Reno, Nevada originally. I mean, we're talking what, like 87? They put out uh, the, record, the we- record, the crew with the song Not Just Boys Fun. Even back then, talking about how like punk is not, it's not an exclusive like male club. This is inclusive. This is for everybody. Like anyone who wants to take part in this is welcome. You know? Yeah. It's, it's weird that you bring that up because Sean earlier, I mentioned that, uh, Billy's clearly proposing marriage to me right now, despite his devotion <laughs> to his, the love of his life, Sarah Jean. Um, I almost brought this up earlier because Kevin, Kevin seconds of the band, seven amazing seconds, amazing human being, incredible human being, great vocalist, excellent yep. band. But the line that's, stuck with me the one time i saw them live if we can rock together why can't we walk together and it may sound like an oversimplification sorry i didn't mean to hit yeah. it but you want to hear it what do you got this is it oh, not go, just boys go, 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 hell go, yeah go. Absolutely incredible, dude. Unbelievable. Like, so not only a killer band, and, you know, a lot of punk bands fought for a lot of important things, but a lot of them were just mad about being suburban teenagers. But, you know, we live in this era where everyone has to be woke. And, you know what, I believe that we all can do better. For goddamn sure, we all can learn more. We, can, we But when you think about Kevin Seconds in, what, 1984, 85 is what we're listening to? God, then? yeah. That's early. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, like, but, like, writing a song like... Fuck you, dudes. Let the women have fun, too. I mean, yes, women's live had happened many years before, but punk rock, like most of rock and roll, was not... It was a boys' club, man. It was not... It was a direct response. And there there were... inclusivity. There were a lot of women who were cool punk rockers and cool post-punkers, for sure, but it's still... You look down in the pit... 
it is 99.9% dudes down there in the circle pit. Right, and, and, and to have a band like that come out and just speak against, like, the meathead aspect that can permeate the scene anytime yes. you, you, you let it, you know? Like, I mean, like, punk is not infallible no no movement or art is like i mean no it, aspect of human existence right. is it is what you make it and if you don't make an effort to include everyone or exclude pieces of shit then pieces of shit are going to come in like it, it, this has to be an active movement where if you want things to be good fucking help make it good and jesus christ if that's not a fucking statement for what the fuck's going on in this Goddamn climate today. I don't know what else is. That's as political as I'm going to get on this podcast tonight. Oh, but. I, well, tonight maybe, but we're going to get more political <sighs> in the future. Before we move on, and I never even let you finish your story about the drink. We got so caught <laughs> yeah. up and wound up in our mutual admiration society. But before we go, I do want to mention Sean Bernard, not only my business partner, but the producer of the show. He's also a realtor at 50th and France, the office of Edina Realty. And here we come. It's springtime. So even before someone calls you, if they're thinking about selling or moving or buying, is there something they should do before they call you, or should they call you and you come in like Superman and fix everything? Well, it depends. I mean, uh, a lot of people have a handle on where they're at, but you kind of need to know. Uh, Pretend roughly. it's me asking that question. Like I'm an idiot. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> you probably wouldn't pick up the phone. Okay. No, Pret- we'd start. We'd start from scratch, and I'd just say, well, "How long have you been in the place? Uh, how soon are you looking to make a move?" I don't know. Whenever. Uh, Okay, and do you know what you want to move into? Do you want to downsize? Do you want to upsize? Do you want to stay in the same neighborhood? I can mean, I move into a cement mixer? You absolutely can. Yeah, as long as it's got an egress window. <laughs> what are the facilities like? Uh, they spin a lot. Do, so. they, do they have a Dyson hand dryer? I'm sorry to be there. <laughs> no. Please finish. What my point was, it's spring, and everyone has different needs. Everyone's looking to do different things. Is there something someone should do before they call a realtor, or should they get your advice before they start making moves and doing changes? I actually like it if they just call me right away because there's a lot of misinformation out there, and there's a lot of stupid, shitty commercials on TV, on the radio, all over the place. I understand if I just call a guy, I don't even have to do an open house, and I'll just get an offer on my house. Why would I call you? One of them right now is like, hey, 2% will sell your house. Uh, Yeah, sure it will. Yeah, that's if we don't market it and nobody ever does any showings. And so there's a lot of misinformation out there. So I say, just give me a call and we'll have a conversation. Sometimes that conversation leads to, yeah, you probably shouldn't move right now. Right. Uh, or maybe let's plan. A, uh, there's a woman that I'm calling tomorrow that, you know, nine months ago was not the right time for her to do it. And now that the baby will be born, no, I'm just kidding. No, 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 wow. no. I, I was just putting the math together. But no, nine, <laughs> nine, nine months ago was not Later, the right guys. time for her. But, uh, uh, right. but, hey, but now do it is. not move to that neighborhood. No, do, do not. I don't move know to that what's in the water, but it's uh, not good. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh, they're growing horns. <laughs> exactly. Call me and we'll have a conversation and see if it makes sense to maybe meet for coffee and talk about it more. Six one two eight five nine two five nine four. The important thing is. Uh, one of the things that differentiates me is I give back to a local music venue, the Warming House. Great little venue on 40th and Bryant in the basement of Farmstead Bike Shop. Everybody gets uh, a membership for two uh, for the entire year, for 12 shows out of the year. And then I do a donation as well. So 612 859 
And what I hope is that the people who are actually looking to move or looking to buy will realize that the irreverence we show on this show is no lack of professionalism. Everyone in this room takes themselves seriously when it comes to doing the things that matter to them, including this. Like this, it's important to occasionally let loose and have a little fun. Sean is actually good at what he does, <laughs> but I mean, but he, but here's the thing: I think we've all met those square ass realtors, right? Well, yeah, and there's people that are just money hungry, and I, I mean, I went to show, see a, a person's, uh, an old family friend. I've known them, I've known her my whole life, and she's like, "Oh, we dealt with this other guy, and then he didn't even like call us back for two weeks. Like, oh, he's such a big deal that he doesn't have to call us back." And hey, fuck that guy. I know exactly. Fuck that guy. So. Yeah, way, I'm the realtor the way, that I might I might throw the f bomb. I'm very careful about that, but I have a I have a client right now who's going to sell his place, and I finally got to the point where I'm like, this guy has got the worst potty mouth. Maybe I just got to start throwing it out there. And so he's like, all right, don't, you're don't, here. No, don't do that. Like <laughs> oh, after, after 25 years of doing radio, I got so good at controlling myself <laughs> that I get almost sort of like a a toddler like joy of Billy. Oh. Will you please say fuck? Oh, fuck. Sean, After 22 years in the in the bar industry, I say it like fucking 15 times a sentence and no. I don't even realize. Like, <laughs> Sean, throw throw a venal mean fuck at me. Fuck. And now here, I'm going to throw one out. That was a mean. Then we're gonna wrap that it was up. as good uh, as I can get. Problem, Sean, Sean's actually kind of a nice guy. Like, <laughs> fuck. Like, I mean, oh, oh, no, no. Now, he quit drinking too, though, is yeah. the difference. Yeah. You pour... Five or six into that dude. Whiskeys. Oh. oh, a touch of the brown, my Irish friend. Yeah, yeah. but but he gave that shit. Well, up. I don't yeah. want any tears. So here's what I'm going to give a, is a fuck you. Okay, and now we all got it out of our system. No, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, Bill. No, actually, Billy's bigger than I am, so I take that last <laughs> yeah. one back. Just kidding, man. I'm totally cool. We're fine. We're wildly derailing. I was For those like a, of you doing therapy I, in the I, room I, next I, door. I, I, I would. Oh, oh God. Right. Yeah. Oh. We're supposed to be quiet. But we're doing therapy in here, aren't we? <laughs> That's true. We're doing yell therapy. I would oh, like, there's I would gonna like be, to think. There's going to be letters tomorrow. I, I was like, going to say fuck therapy, but that's totally no, different. No, don't do that. That's that, that, Let's not. I, I think, look, <laughs> I, think that? I looked that up on Pornhub <laughs> one time. You know? um, just kidding. Pornhub I, is the worst Pornhub site. To, I think the police are already on their way. <laughs> oh, we definitely made a federal list. There's no question. <laughs> uh, I want to thank the good people at audioquip.com. That is A-U-D-I-O-Q-U-I-P.com. They literally, out of the kindness of their hearts before we even started, threw us all this beautiful professional equipment we have in this room. They didn't give it away, but they showed an investment in the future of what we're doing here. And I cannot thank Nate and his entire staff enough for their generosity and their foresight and just generally their kindness. Like, you know, sometimes you are the beneficiary of a largesse that you don't think you deserve and you still can't quite get it even a few months later why they've done it, but you remain appreciative. So audioquip.com, if you need to rent gear to go do a gig, if you got a professional gig, maybe you're a magician that needs like one of those little head mics and a little PA system. What? Seriously. <laughs> Oh, like you've never gone to see like a magician at a corporate All gig? All the time. Yeah, exactly. Oh, totally at a corporate gig, yeah. The illusions, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, merman, Dad. In any event, AudioQuip can hook you up with all of your professional audio needs. Uh, Amy Stubblefield Bartell, thank you very, very much for the work you've done on our website. Um, Rebecca Slater, the photography you've done for our website. What's our website again, Sean? It's com. God, I love it when you say it that way. It makes me feel so important. Also, we have a Patreon account. What that means is that if you support us at any amount, $1 a month, 
$5,000 a month, whatever oh. you're comfortable with, anywhere in between those things. And don't let that, that cap mean anything. That was just an example. If you, if you have a great, maybe you've just come into a huge inheritance. Maybe you're doing a reverse mortgage. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Good God. Sorry. Oh, Damn Tom Selleck. Anyway, hey, you know, I know these people. And <laughs> I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't trust them. Those commercials spook me every time I see them. Like, never. Anyway, the Patreon account is this. We, you know, if you like listening to the podcast, a couple bucks a month, five bucks a month, but if you're at the VIP level, 20 bucks a month, you are guaranteed entry into every event that we do from this point forward. And we'll be announcing our new event sometime next week. Yeah, cool, fun show coming up for Patreon members. Uh, we won't announce it yet, but it's coming very soon. So sign up to Patreon. Tell your friends and neighbors. Patreon.com slash Brian Oak Show. All right, we got to get out of here. Once again, I promise. What was that? It was just the hammer. Are you hitting a gavel? Why do you have a hammer behind the production? That's Jesus. my, that's my hammer. you get out of hand, I'll, dude. I'll, that's I'll, my I'll hammer. I leave when you tell me, Sean. Jeez, you don't have to. Come on. <laughs> Here's the deal. Here's the deal, Billy. Even with a hammer, you could totally Just take soft. Off. I'm so soft. Oh, same. Welcome to the soft club. <laughs> anyway, uh, Billy Morris sent. So just a quick reminder for anybody who already forgot or didn't bother to look it up. You <laughs> and Dillinger 4 are heading out on tour. You're gone this weekend, the next weekend. Where are you going and how do I find out more? Um, we're, yeah, we're going to be in uh, San Diego at the Soda Bar uh, for a buddy's 60th birthday party. And then we're going to be in Chicago on the 12th at the Concord Theater with a veil, um, which is going to be amazing. I'm wildly looking forward to it. The best way to talk to D4 is probably just on Instagram. It's, I think, Dillinger 4 official. And I, we can't take too long on it. I yeah. remember that I derailed you before because yeah. we got talking about other things. One last time, tell me about the drink we're having oh, before the three, we get the last the, song. The three-card Merple. It, yeah, because I thought it was funny you brought it up. And it's the third month. I wanted to make a three-ingredient drink. But, so but, but you got me so fired up about yeah, five yeah. of a kind that I, I get totally left <laughs> mind. So what's in the three-card Merple? Because it's fucking delicious. Yeah, it's great. Um, it's simple. Which, like all my drinks, I when I'm making a new cocktail, I, I like to either take um, a fresh twist on a classic or just, just keep it simple. I don't like... A lot of ingredients. I'm not one of those bartenders that's going to put like, you know, eight things in a drink. I like Thank to, God. Uh, I think to use simple ingredients and uh, mix it properly and let the flavor shine. In this case, we're drinking Irish whiskey, just a little bit of violet liqueur because I thought three card purple rhymes with purple and just a titch of, uh, just a titch of uh, ginger beer. It's um, huh, whiskey forward, just a little floral and a little bit of spice from the ginger. It's simple, classic and super poundable in my opinion. What, well, it's super poundable to be sh- certain. And <laughs> to your hand, but, uh, but here's the deal. If I saw that on paper, I'd be like, not drinking that fruit. Fru yeah, what drink. the fuck Who's is a three card Merple? Well, also, well, that's on me. Sorry, I guess I'm I'm the I'm the bad marketer on that one. So as we go out tonight, I will ask you a question. Yeah, would you like to end with the third song you picked, or with a Dillinger Four song? I already played all three. You did, yeah. And then we played a bonus track. No, 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 no. Yeah, let's we'll we'll, we'll play some. Yeah, actually, I called seven seconds too. I played four tonight. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, let's end we with some D four. Three. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, well, we'll end with some D4, but before we do, I, I want to take a minute and actually um, congratulate you guys uh, like on the podcast for doing All-Female February. I thought that was fucking awesome and rad, and it's super exciting to see people taking a step forward to bring voices out in front that maybe could be buried. Um, every little bit helps. Like when people When people go out of the way to help one another, everyone is helped, and I think what you guys was fucking rad. I actually... Um, learned some very cool things and got turned on to some really fucking cool music. Um, the whole female February. Um, I had a great time listening. 
Um, as I said, uh, you know, I'm glad to be back and bring the IQ level back down a little bit. You know? uh, but but no, I, I, deal, no, way, no, but I, I just want to put it out there like on the thing. Like, I, I think what you guys did is fucking cool. And I'm so happy that you guys like have me on and I get drunk with the all and I get to talk on the mic and like, be stupid. Like, Cheers, it's brother. Let, let's toast I, again. And yeah. Billy, here's the deal. Um, I, don't, I don't think that us doing all female February has balanced the scales or fixed anything. Of course. But, but everyone of who's, who is a, <clears throat> a grown-up, an adult, and believes in a better future for everybody, you have to do your little bit. It might, it might only barely move it a, a, a millimeter, like maybe a couple grains of sand. It matters, dude. But, it but matters. You've got to move things in the right direction, whatever little way you can. So we did not cure any cancer babies, as far as I know, in February. We right. did not right any political or social wrongs. But by featuring nothing but female musicians and female guests in February, let's make those voices heard. Let You know, they're... They're more than half the population. Everyone knows that, right? And so as soon as they figure that out and get smart, we're fucked. So let's be their friends because we're all the same goddamn well, thing. A hundred years since the fucking suffrage movement. And I just, for my mom's sake, it's for my sister's sake, for my daughter's sake, you know, for my grandmother's sake, you know, for everybody's sake, like when the fuck are things going to change where women maybe have uh, a little bit of equity? Well, 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 I agree with you guys. And I just wanted to take the time to publicly say like, I appreciate what you did and I appreciate you having me be a part of what you're doing because like like you said it's not going to change the world in our lifetimes what you what you did like fucking female february but if we all push the fucking needle guess what it's going to move at some like, point but you have to keep working at absolutely, it absolutely we're it's having a fucking blast like, but you have to do the thing and it's fun like every so guest i had in all female february brilliant informative insightful great music choices yeah. because here's the deal and i hate to break it to everybody Women are pretty fucking cool. I don't know God if you've damn. met any of them, but there's a lot of talented ones. There there are many that are much, much smarter and more talented than I am. And also, they happen to be human fucking beings. Billy Morissette, to your health, my good man, enjoy your trip to San Diego. Thank enjoy you. your trip to Chicago. Thank you. You're coming back in April. You know that, right? Oh, I most certainly am. Because I can drink I, without I, you, but I'd rather drink with well, you. Well, I know where the building is now. You can't keep me out. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, will you get security on the line? <laughs> tell me about the hammer. Before we get out of here, tell me about this song by Dylan D4. Um, we're going right, to end with D4. Yeah, um, well, this is appropriate. Without getting too far into it, this is a song called Minimum Wage is a Gateway Drug. And uh, yeah, Patty wrote the lyrics for this. And uh, I'm very, very proud of uh, of the song, like lyrically what he accomplished. Um, I encourage you, if you like the song at all, like go try to find the lyrics and, and read along. I, I think it's pretty great. <laughs> 